1: Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H E L P.
2: Oh my goodness, this might. <laughs> Welcome back to the Jason Greger Show in Sports 1440. <laughs> Live on Orders Nation YouTube. Oh my goodness. This might be hey, maybe this was the warm up the Oilers needed to change the momentum. Uh Walter Ruff posted a video, I'll put it up on uh, on my Twitter. Oh my goodness. Um all sorts of uh warm up shenanigans for the orders today is uh Stuart Skinner was doing some warm up. The next thing you know he loses bounce, he goes sliding into Carolina Carolina's end and almost takes out uh uh their their backup goalie. So <laughs> It's so funny to wait till you see it. And then, now, Nurse, uh, we watched the replay. Ryan McLeod took a shot, hit the crossbar. Then it kind of floats up and it hits Nurse. But, uh, you know, he might have a few stitches, but it, I don't think it's anything serious. He'll be playing. It wasn't like it was a rocket or anything. And, um, you know, he'll be fine. So uh, there you go. But uh, um, crazy uh, uh, in uh, warm up today for the orders. So uh, there you go. Uh, it is the Jason Greger Show in Sports 1440. Presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Alberta's only regulated online gambling website. Where tonight, not only can you play the games, there's 14 NHL games. Also, uh, Lotto 649, 40 million bucks. Up for grabs. Get your lucky numbers. Maybe you should, uh, maybe 25. Go the opposite. Do the Costanza. Nurses unlucky and warm-up, maybe you'll be lucky on your ticket. Just think about it. Go with 47. The opposite of Skinner. Try it. Can't hurt, can it? Now, let's, uh, let's get to our big guest of the day brought to you by the Spruce Grove Saints. They're back in, uh, AJHL action, uh, this Friday night at the Grant Fury Arena. Get your tickets at sprucegrovesaints.ca as they take on Calgary. As, uh, we are joined the host of the sick podcast, uh, Tony Marinero, longtime, uh, reporter for the Montreal Canadiens joins us. Uh, Tony, my man, how you doing? Good evening. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm good. I am uh, much better than the Orders' uh, defense of uh, structure. I'll say, well, I don't even know if it's structure, a uh, defense of commitment. So the question is, are, the Orders need a goalie. That's obvious. Everybody's looking for a goalie, and they're like, okay, they got Jake Allen. They got Montembeau. Tony, I like Cavagnon because you're not going to BS me. Is Montembeau, is, is he a goalie
0: the team should be looking at? It all depends. You want to win the Cup?
2: Well, I think no. they want to they make the playoffs. <laughs> uh,
0: he can help for sure he can help so here's the deal the first time I saw the Canadians picked up multiple off waivers from Florida and I saw him play his first couple of games with the Canadians and I'm not no goalie expert obviously I said this guy's not an an NHL goalie Uh, he proved me wrong so last year he was better than Jake Allen Uh, you would have thought he would have won the number one job this year he comes into camp his camp is not conclusive it's two notches below What it was a year ago, it almost seemed like a player who probably took things for granted. Allen came in very, very hungry, wanted to uh, redeem himself, did. And Jake Allen started the first game for the Canadians this season, which usually goes to the starting goaltender. Started some important games after that. Allen started strong. Then at one point, you know, over the last couple of weeks here, he's dropped the ball a little bit. Montembeau has picked it up and ran with it a little bit. But at the same time... The Canadians are a team that's struggling. It's tough for goalies to look good in this system. The way it's tough for goalies to look good in the Edmonton system. This is not Ken Hitchcock and the Columbus Blue Jackets, and you got Pascal Leclerc, and you got Mark Denier, you know, and you're insulating your goaltenders and you're padding their stats and you're giving up 21 shots per game, only four high high danger scoring chances. This is very open hockey offensive concepts. They hardly spend any time working on defensive concepts. They don't have the best defense in the world. They don't have the best roster in the world. They're decimated with injuries. Half of the defense core is out right now. Kirby dock at the four positions out for the rest of the season. It's hard for a goalie to look good in this system. So the goalies have struggled as of late.
2: Yeah, uh, no question. So, you, you look at Montreal, Tony, they're obviously, uh, you know, in a retooling phase. There's no question about that. Um, you know, people keep, everybody always talks about anytime I find it kind of comical. It's like, Oh, there's, you know, they want every French Canadian prospect. That's who Montreal is magically going to want. I'm like, well, they don't draft them all because they draft who they think is good. And if he happens to be French Canadian, great. But like Xavier Bourgot, Raphael Lavois, those are names people in Edmonton always use. What, well, like if, if Montreal is looking to trade and, you know, you're not going to get a, you know, a, a, a massive high-end prospect for um, for uh, for Jake Allen at this point. At least I wouldn't think so. Do they want young prospects like that, or would they prefer draft picks that they can choose the players they want?
0: Yeah. Well, this is what the Canadians want. They want anything that will accelerate the rebuild, and that will be worth it. So if they can get a prospect who's been in the system for a couple of years and can come in and crack the Canadians' lineup right away or even next year, well, the way they look at it is that's better than a draft pick who probably won't end up playing with the big team uh, until three or four years from now. So they're looking for a prospect who can probably jump in in the next year. That's what they're looking for. Now, at the same time, they're not, you know, they got three goalies here. Mm-hmm. They're not just going to give them away either. I mean, it's got to be worth their while at the same time. Now, Jake Allen has a contract of $3.85 million this year and next year. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it'll probably scare a couple of teams off. Right. Caden Primo's unproven. Okay. and Samuel Montembeau is USA at the end of the year. Right. I don't think he's going to come very expensive, but the fact that you're buying some UFA years, the fact that you're not allowing him to go to unrestricted free agency, the fact that you know he's a guy from here, you know the importance the Canadians put on that, if they can have guys from here, why not? It happens at a time when they don't have a lot of guys from the province of Quebec. They got David Savard, they got Raphael RV Penard, and they got Michael Matheson. I can't think of any others right now off the top of my head. So you would think that Montembeau is agent. They know that. You would think they asked for a little bit more. But at the same time, Montembeau, it's been a very small sample size. The Canadians are not going to break the bank on a goalie that they themselves are not sure of.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's totally fair. Tony Marinero joins us. So when you talk to goalie guys, Tony, um, when they look at Montambola. The, the the NHL is littered with goalies who twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven. All of a sudden, it's like you know the the mental aspect of their game kicks in, and and they're able to handle the pressure of goaltending. And we see a lot like the Mark Andre Fleury's and Carey Prices are very rare guys who come in yeah. at young and can and play very well. So, is he a late guy, or is is he more of a of a tweener? That's maybe like a a really good backup, or you know,
0: like what do they say are his strengths
2: as a goalie? Yeah,
0: look, he's a he's a guy that. Um you play half a season, he'll challenge the other guy, the other guy will challenge him, and you know, you'll have a good duel that'll battle night in and night out. If you're looking for a guy who's gonna come in and be that guy who's gonna shoulder the workload of fifty seven games a year and the backup is gonna play twenty five and you want him to play the fifty seven, it's not gonna happen. At the same time, I have to tell you this too. I mean, I've watched some Emerson Orders games. Do I think bowl is an upgrade on what the Oilers have in goal? Yes, but the Oilers really don't play good hockey, and if they don't change the way they play, no. he's it's not, not going to look good there either.
2: Yes, hundred percent. I, I would agree wholeheartedly. You you can't lead the uh, the NHL in uh, chances off the rush. Uh, the thirty first in slot chances uh, surrendered. Like yeah, the the goaltenders. It's easy to blame them, and I the goalies could yeah. play better for sure. But if the team defense in front of them is, is as leaky as they will be, I mean, you bring Carey Price in here and he's not going to look great. That's just yeah. the reality of the... The
0: Canadians, uh, Jason, the Canadians a week ago, give or take about a week ago, they lost the game to Vegas in Montreal. I think it was by a score of 6-5. to five. I think the shots were something like 42 or 44 to 22 for Vegas. Vegas had 19 shots from high-danger areas. Yeah. 19! <laughs> you know, and... and that's the kind of team Edmonton is, and that's the way they play too. So, you know, like w- giving up that amount of shots, those amount of scoring chances from where they give them up, like you're going to need Dominic Cassick to look good. Bow is not going to cut it.
1: No, but what not. you know,
0: what you know, the, the thing that has to be done in Edmonton, it's not too many goalies. Like, do you think that Omar and Swayman would would put up the stack that they put up? If Jim Montgomery doesn't have the team playing the way they play, no way. No chance. So they would go to Edmonton and you think that they would be the same as they are in Boston? No way. No. Now, would they be terrible? No, because they're good goalies. But they would be average. I'm willing to bet they would be average.
2: Yeah, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. So when I look at Montreal and – I've done lots of studies on rebuilds, Tony. I think if if you're fully committed to a rebuild, it's looking at eight years. Um, My concern with Montreal is is I'm watching from afar – I'm like, I said from day one, I pounded the table, stop rushing players. I hate it. It's stupid. They did it with Kock and Yemi, and it, it didn't work out. He's finally starting to find some some ground there. Oh, shocking, as he's 22, which are like a lot of Euros, especially Finns, are. And then they did the exact same thing with Slavkoski with a different management group. Like, yeah. why? That would be my question. Like, okay. wh- why
0: so, did they do it? So, so I don't disagree with you, but at the same time, the fact that they rushed Kock and Yemi today, did it hurt him? Today. Today. Today man, is a player. A that decent they player. Would be. Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to take, if, unless you're Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid or Nathan McKinnon, unless you're a phenom, it's going to take you four years in the National Hockey League before you start looking very, very comfortable and at your best. I mean, Jack Hughes is absolutely fantastic. And it took him three or four years before he came into his own. Paige Thompson, it took three or four years before he came to his own. Look at Quentin Byfield. Look at Alexi Lafreniere. Quentin Byfield, a couple of years ago, a lot of people were calling him a bust. Alexi Lafreniere, as most recent as preseason, people were calling him a dog. Larry Brooks wrote an article in the New York Post saying that this guy doesn't work and this guy is basically a disaster. Now he's on pace for a goal every other game. So... Look, I'm not saying I disagree with you because I don't. Many scouts have told me that um, you know, uh, keeping a player in junior one more year won't hurt him, but bringing him up one year too soon will. But at the same time, I think the thing that makes the most sense is if the guy's a good hockey player, he's going to be a good hockey player, but it might just take him some time. It might take two years. It might take three years. It might take four years. And if the guy's a bigger body it might take one year more than an average-sized body. So Slavkovsky will probably take four years. Right now, Slavkoski, you look at him and you say, well, maybe he should be better, but Joe Thornton had seven points in his first year in 55 games. I mean, Slavkoski is not looking worse in his second season than Quinton Byfield did.
2: He's
0: not. So who's to say that in two years from now, will play the way Quinton Byfield is playing right now?
2: Well, if he has Onze to play with, that would really help him.
0: <laughs> yeah. so, so I had I had Pierre Maguire on the podcast a couple of nights ago, and I said to him, "I said, Pierre, I'd love I, I'd love to get your opinion on the development path that Canadians took for Slavkowski, starting him at the National Hockey League at eighteen years of age." Because a couple of weeks before, I had Craig Button on the podcast, and Craig Button said, "Oh, I would have kept them in Finland one more year. Perfect, no problem." I asked the same question to Pierre. Pierre says, "In Finland, they had him playing on the top uh, on the third line." He wasn't getting a lot of ice time, and he wasn't generating a lot of points. Mm -hmm. If that was going to be the case the year after, would you have been happy with that? And Pierce says the Canadians probably feared that was going to happen, and that's why they brought him up. So both opinions make sense. True. You keep him an extra year in Finland, but what if they're playing him on the third line and they're playing him 13 minutes a game?
2: Yeah, not a deal. I still would have put him in junior. Could get him used to playing all the games, seventy-two. Uh he plays on the North American Ice, which I think is the bigger challenge for a lot of the young Euros historically. And You're still
0: uh, good for junior hockey, Jason. Yeah. Wow. Well,
2: is he though? I've seen lots of really good guys go to junior and dominate at 18, man. Like I don't think it's the end of the world to to yeah. have a guy like, like,
0: like,
2: like Leon Drysettle because he's a late birthday. Would have played in junior at yeah. the exact same age as Slavkowski.
0: Taylor Hall. But, like, but he, 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 so, so once again, uh, don't disagree. It's a matter of opinion. This is the beauty of sport. But he dominated the Olympics. And he was a top ten player at the World Championships. Now, you can come back and tell me, diluted both of them for no NHLers in the Olympics and lack thereof in the World Championships. I'll agree with you. You still got to do it, though.
2: True. But well, it's a small sample. I'm always I'm leery of small sample sizes, right? People still. It, it, it's, they, it's a
0: small sample size that yeah. you know lasted five months.
2: Yeah, and and for every cock in Yemi, there's a yeso Yarby, right? Like that's the guys who get that rushed that never uh, come back. It is a good debate, and there's na- there's no clear right answer. But I agree with what you, that scout who told you, the guy is never ever his long term development doesn't get stunted by dominating at a lower level. Like no one's ever like, God, you know what? That one year a junior really ruined me. <laughs> you know, that's the one thing we know. There's lots of guys who get ruined by being rushed. I don't know if there's ever anybody who got ruined by uh, by not. Um, how about the just the themselves um, you know, you talked about this defensive system, how they're playing, they're giving up way too much. Um, how much of that is coaching or how much just simply they don't have enough talent to do it?
0: They have a lot of talent. Uh, no, they don't have a lot of talent. At the same time, in regards to their coaching, um, Marty St. Louis doesn't have a lot of experience either, right? Mar- Marty St. Louis is 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 a guy who is learning on the fly, like his team is. That that that's like his players are, right? I mean, and a lot of people in Montreal say, "Hey, you know what? It would be good if Marty St. Louis." Would have, uh, would have an experienced coach next to them. But at the same time, you know, are the Canadians where they want to be? Are they a competitive team? They don't need an experienced coach right now. Like an experienced coach right now would make the Canadians gain points in the standings, which would be counterproductive. They're a rebuild. So I mean, to answer your question, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling off a little bit here, but it's, it's not a very talented team. It's a, it's a team that has some talented players, but it's not a very talented team. It's not a very deep team. They finished fifth last
2: last year. Last the year before that. Yeah, no, that's fair. So I was just, uh, I, I, I always wonder if it's you know what if you if no coach every coach I've ever talked to will tell you man, you, coach is only as good as his players. If you don't have good players, like. Marty St. Louis could be Scotty Bowman. And if you look at the talent, uh, instead of being 28, they'd be 25th. You know what I mean? Like, he's not suddenly going to take a 28th team in talent and make him a playoff team. There's no coach that does it. So, um, we'll see. Who is the number one or two guys that you think Montreal is going to trade before the
0: deadline? Uh, anyone who's at the end of a contract. So, the first guys that come to mind are Monahan and Pearson.
2: Yeah. Hey, uh, Sean Monahan, they could get a lot for him. That's a steal of a deal, and the guy's playing great.
0: Well, he's, uh, he's not playing as good in the last well, – they, they just lost four straight games, right? So the last four straight games, you know, he's he's got one of the worst – I think he's got the fourth worst plus minus in the league at minus 10. But at the same time, he's the best faceoff man on the team. He's used in all situations. He's used on the penalty kill. He's used on the power play. They use him about 18 minutes per game. He's a very, very reliable player. He's a good player. Um, last couple of years, he's lacked a little bit of luck when it comes to health. If he could be healthy, yeah, you would think he could probably fetch your first-round pick before his injury last year, 17 points in 25 games. Yeah,
2: Awesome stuff, Tony. Love talking to you, my man. Keep it up. Appreciate it. Take care, bud. All the best to you. That is uh, Tony Marinero from the uh, SICK podcast. As uh, So you heard about Montombo. Is he better than what Edmonton has? Maybe. If you think he's really going to take anywhere, probably not. And I love what he said. If they don't improve the system in front of them and the lack of and lower the quality chances, it ain't going to matter who the goalie is. And that's a hunt. We've been saying that on the show. So it's always good for people from the outside to say the same thing. Can goaltending improve? Yes. That's one small part. No question. And there's lots of parts that have to improve. But the major one, which has been an issue for this team for seven years, five on five defense is not good enough. They give up way too much. It's just that simple. Quick up uh, When we come back, an inspiring interview on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 Live in Order's Nation YouTube. Welcome back, everyone. Jason Greger, Connor Halley with you on Sports 1440. Happy Hump Day. It is the Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. And let's get now to our uh, special guest today brought to you by Action Electrical. Family-run business Over 50 years now, they celebrated their 50th year this uh, last summer. Uh, They do all sorts of uh, electrical stuff, including electrical preventative maintenance for commercial buildings. That includes infrared testing, energized and de-energized testing, and more. Anything you need from commercial to residential, ActionElectrical.net. And uh, earlier today, we had uh, Mike Stelter on the program. Uh, we're talking about the Ben Stelter Foundation, of course. Uh, Mike the uh, and his wife, Leah, father, uh, mother and father of uh, the late Ben Stelter, started a foundation after the the young older superfan, uh, inspiring young boy. And uh, we caught up with Mike uh, today on, uh, on Who Is It Wednesday? And uh, first of all, I got an update on his health, because if you didn't know, know it, uh, Mike himself has been battling cancer.
3: Yeah, I'm I'm feeling better. I got to ring the bell yesterday. I've been in the United States for the last nine weeks uh, doing eight weeks of radiation treatment. It's a type of treatment that uh, Canada is the only major country that doesn't have it. So it's been a long go, um, been a little bit tough, but I was pretty, pretty pumped to ring the bell and sort of close this chapter on my life. And what's, um, what's the cancer that you had? Uh, it was called, uh, it was a type of rare brain, or not brain, uh, tumor that was on my spine called uh, sarcoma.
2: Okay. And so right now today, what was the diagnosis when you rang the bell?
3: Uh, When I rang the bell, that's um, what they could do. Treatment's done. Uh, So now we'll just uh, follow up with um, scans every three to six months.
2: Every three to six months. Okay. So any idea why Canada doesn't do this form of radiation?
3: No. No. Um, I'm not sure why it hasn't come here yet. Uh, We are working with the Ben Stelter Foundation um, to try to bring it here. So hopefully within the next few years, that's something that we can have um Edmonton could be a world world leader in it which would be really cool uh to put us on the map for another thing but it's, it seems mind boggling because i'm not the only one that needs it uh it can be used for a lot of different type of brain tumors as well and there are a lot of families from Canada and even within Alberta that travel to the United States just for this treatment
2: well mike i'm i'm guessing i, I don't know how well versed or educated you were in cancer uh, a few years ago, but I'm guessing you might be an expert right now, unfortunately, because of uh, Ben and yourself. And, and you, and you, you know, you, you can see, you know, how difficult it is for people who go through cancer. And the thing that always amazed me was the strength of you and your lovely wife, Lee, and your whole entire family and Ben. And it really inspired a lot of people. How, how has it been for your family? Uh, you know, obviously I know it's difficult, but, you know, since Ben passed, was it harder in a sense because you know everybody knew about it, right? And and maybe you could never get away from it if that if that maybe is fair or not. But how was it kind of dealing with the with the after effects now after Ben's passing?
3: It's been tough. Um, we've obviously been able to use it for a bit of a positive as well with the Ben Stelter Foundation, uh, without everybody knowing what Ben had gone through and everything like that. Uh, we wouldn't have had that momentum to 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 start up the, the foundation. So it's been really tough, but it's also tough sort of I, I don't know. It's a there's so many pros and, and cons with it. Um there's a lot of nice things as well where there's a lot of families that don't have a lot of people coming up to them if they've lost a, a loved one yeah. or a child um or people thinking about them. So there's hard parts with it but it's we're so grateful for the support from the community it's been unbelievable.
2: And everybody deals with grief differently Mike and I, I know for me when I lost my father which is obviously no comparison to losing a son but I lost my father relatively young and for me it didn't I like talking about it it was better. Some people didn't want to talk about it is are you one to, is it nice when people ask you about Benny get to talk or was it one where you're just like you know what I'm better not talking
3: about it? You know what? Uh, I think so many people are scared to bring up his name or bring up his name around us uh, type thing. We're never going to forget that we lost him and that he passed away. Yeah. Uh, we love it when someone will bring up his name or tell us a, a favorite memory of him. It's special to us and helps keep us going.
2: Mike Stelter joins us today on the, Who Is It When? He rang the bell yesterday after nine weeks of uh, radiation treatment. Were you in Philadelphia? Is that correct?
3: Yeah, Philadelphia.
2: In Philly. So wh- when's the plan? When are you coming home?
3: Tomorrow. Tomorrow, all right. So, uh, we have everything all packed up. My wife Leah is here to help me get that all done. And bright and early, we'll be at the airport tomorrow with um some thanksgiving holiday travels.
2: Oh, gee. oh man. <laughs> Hopefully it's not plane trains and automobiles for you, Mike. It is one of the greatest movies, but I don't think you want to live it in real life uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Um and then of course uh, next Tuesday is is a big game uh, at the you know, orders taken on uh, on on Vegas and uh, can you can you kind of maybe let us in a little bit on, on on what's planned there for hockey fights the cancer game and how the Ben Stelter Foundation is going to be a big part of it.
3: Yes, yeah, so the Ben Stelter Foundation has been part of the 50-50 going on right now. Uh, there's a few different beneficiaries. So the Ben Stelter Foundation was the first one, um, and then I believe Alberta Cancer Foundation is stepping in, and then Movember as well, um, all on part of this mega 50 So there's been some awesome um, early bird prizes, and that jackpot's still growing up. Uh, I know it's over 600,000 now, and it's going to get pretty pretty huge by the end, um, so get your tickets if you haven't already and then at the game I know that there's going to be some hockey fights cancer mittens uh being sold with proceeds going to the kids with cancer society uh, a, which is really cool.
2: I could just want to point out our text line is heating up with people saying uh Mike is far from a letdown. So just want you to know that the listeners uh, a lot of them saying uh you're a hero and an inspiration how your family has dealt with this uh in, in a public way and, and it really puts a face to cancer. I think that's what was was so important is you know a lot of times we we know about bad things but we we when you see it, it really puts a face, and and that's what Ben, I think, represented to a lot of people. I, I remember the the first time uh, I I kind of got tipped off that Ben was going to be uh, the the Scotiabank player, and uh, you know, people had told me he was going, and I didn't know Ben's story at the time. I just had uh, one of your good buddies had uh, had text my show in that afternoon, and I said, well, hey fans, you know, Ben's going to be out there, so make sure that uh, you know everybody cheers him on, and it really just. It took off like wildfire. Can you kind of, um, kind of take us back to how it was originally for you, and you know, maybe I'm assuming it was a surprise. It just the momentum it built, and and how much of a beacon of hope Ben became for so many Order fans.
3: Uh, it was unbelievable, and uh, my wife Lee and I still talk about it all the time, just how crazy it was and how it took off, and how we don't even really know how it took off. Um, but that night we thought he was just going to be the skater, and that was it. He was so pumped for it. We were pumped for him, and just the standing ovation he got from the crowd was overwhelming to us, and for him, it was just cool. I think he was like, yeah, that's what happens. You're <laughs> one of the guys are <laughs> out on the ice. It's, that's the way it goes. Um, And then one of the big things we remember after is he in the dressing room, and and Hyman came up, and he's like, hey, buddy, you want to go do a presser with me? And he's like, okay. And he just took off with Hyman. He didn't, like, check in with us or anything. <laughs> he just grabbed his hand, and they they walked off together. And uh just to see him up there was – so cool. He just gave his honest answers about the game and who his favorite players were. And um, our phones were just blowing up like crazy that night. And then it was the next morning. We really noticed when we put on some of the sports shows just to see if he could see himself on TV. And it was just on, like, everything um, all over Sportsnet or TSN, whichever channel we seemed to have it on. And uh, that next day, my wife and I, like, we felt like we were hungover. Uh, we did not have a thing to drink the night before, but it was just such an... Overwhelming night, but it was so cool and just such a special night for our family. Well, I think uh, what,
2: what was so unique about it was it was very authentic. Um, it was like the fans just all of a sudden they're like, hey, you know what? Uh, this little guy, we're going to rally around him. And I think, you know, his giggle is what I remember first being on the podium with, with Zach and, and, you know, I think any parent out there relates to seeing young kids. Like, it's such a cute age. I don't, you know, what, uh, four, five, six. Every age is great, but those young ages, just that innocence. And as you mentioned, like, he just gives you the real answer and, you know, doesn't think twice about it. And kids, they don't, they don't necessarily have that. Oh, well, no, this is just normal. Like, hey, I'm four. every, every kid should be able to go have a press conference. No big deal, dad. <laughs>
3: exactly. Yeah, and, uh, it was it was pretty cool to see sort of him becoming the beacon of hope, because during all that time, he was still doing radiation at the, uh, the cross cancer. And I remember so many different people came up to him, mostly older people came up to him. But one that sticks out is we were leaving one day and this lady was getting dropped off and she was like the car was still moving. She jumped out of like a slowly moving car. We thought she was going to wipe out. And she's like, Ben, and she just had to run up to him just to say. What an inspiration he had been to her, and it was pretty special at that point, just to see how he was helping these other people go through their fight and inspire them. So it was pretty special.
2: That is uh, Mike Stelter, who we had on the show uh, earlier today. Brought to you by Action Electrical. Uh, we'll come back. We'll hear part two. Of that you're really going to want to listen to. Uh, Mike talk about the Ben Stelter Foundation and how they help kids and how you, if you know anybody uh, in your circle who uh, who is dealing with cancer, uh, especially a young child who needs some help. Uh, that's coming up next as we finish off that interview on the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca.
1: Welcome back to The Gregor
2: Show. Sports 1440 uh, has not been a good first period. I'm not even going to tell you, Order fans, because I'll keep you excited on your way home, because you know what? Listen to Mike Stelter, because that'll make you feel much better. Uh, Here's part two of that conversation with Mike, and just talking about where the funds go for the Ben Stelter Foundation and who they help.
3: Absolutely. Um, And we're at the exciting part now where we're we're spending money, uh, which is good. Uh, So there's three main areas we're working on. The first one's the magical experiences still, um, where it was no secret Ben had a lot of really cool experiences. Um, we want to set these up for other kids that are awesome. going through um, tough cancer times. Um, so if if you know anybody that is going through something tough, you can check out our website. Um, they can make the application there to apply for a magical experience. Work We can help the, the child out and sort of escape reality a little bit and forget about their fight uh, while they do something normal and fun. Uh, the next one is medical equipment where we've just launched a new program within the Stollery Children's Hospital um, where there's a lot of medical equipment that surprisingly isn't covered by AH&S or private benefits. Okay. Uh, one example we've used before is Ben needed uh, a walker near the end just to help him get around a little bit. It was a specialty walker. It was between three and $4,000, which seemed crazy anyways. Um, we had pretty good benefits, and our benefits said that they could offer $40 towards it. Um, which was a slap in the face, basically. 40? Uh, wow. 40, like wow. That's wild. Yeah. So we want to take that financial burden away from the families where they don't have to worry about that. Mom and dad probably aren't working anyways, um, where you don't have money just to shell out for things you shouldn't have to. Uh, so we've already been buying some different medical equipment for families, uh, which has been really cool. Um, and one of the other ones is research, where we want to find better treatments and hopefully a cure one day. Uh, where we have a very cool researcher that moved from um, Ontario to start working within, or with us um, and the University of Alberta as well. Um, so we've been funding some research as well for a liquid biopsy project that she's working on, uh, which is really cool where they can check on how treatment's going and also do a diagnosis um, based on fluids in the body. Uh, so they could be looking at spinal fluid um, or even um, blood samples as well rather than having to do something so intrusive intrusive as a brain surgery, um, just to get into something to see exactly what the diagnosis is. So it's there's some really cool stuff that we're working on. Uh, we have big plans to keep going bigger and bigger. Um, but so far, it's started out really well. And it's exciting, like I said, to, to start spending the money to start making a difference now.
2: Well, I, I love it because, unfortunately, you and Leah have a lot of experience on exactly... The challenges that families will go through when they have a young child dealing with cancer. And I, and I think for, for a lot of people, you wouldn't know until you go through it. And then when you go through it, you see, well, geez, we got to improve this. We have to improve that. And so your, your expertise now is really going to be able to help out others, which I think is amazing. So, uh, you know, even when, uh, you know, in, in Ben's, you know, in honor and, and, and passing, he's still able to help out a lot of people, which I think is, is utterly amazing. And, you know, you think of those experiences that you're going to able to get to give to kids, right? Like, uh, you know, sometimes it could be something simple, right? Uh, you know, obviously trips to Disneyland are wonderful, but, you know, sometimes a simple thing for certain kids, if they're, you know, they, they get a tour of the Elks room or, or the Orders room, something like that just makes them, I don't think people really understand how big that can be.
3: Absolutely. I completely agree. And, and you hit the nail on the head there. It doesn't have to be something huge. Um, there was a little girl from out of town. And it was her dream to stay at a theme room at West Edmonton mall. Okay. So we set up an awesome week for her, um, where for some people that wouldn't be it, but for yeah. her, that was the coolest thing and it was awesome. So it's cool, uh, to be able to make it come true for the the child, not necessarily the parents so much. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was pretty special.
2: Well, I think, uh, as the parent, because that's the other factor. I think, you know, you mentioned earlier how some people are scared to mention Ben's name around you. And it's almost like, well, we're never going to forget about him. Like, don't be scared. And I know that, you know, I don't know why we, some people act that way, but, and I don't think they mean it in any sort of negative way. They just don't understand that, hey, it's good to talk about it. And for, for a lot of parents, it's hard to, to really find someone that you can relate to because there's so few people that go through it. And if you are, you don't necessarily know anyone you and Leah can even be sounding boards. I think for those parents, just to have like a conversation that those people might be a little bit more comfortable having because they know that you've gone through it.
3: Absolutely. And that's sort of what we feel like we're supposed to be doing right now. So it, everything that we're doing feels right, but to be able to help build those connections for the families are it's, it's huge um, because while we are going through everything, we didn't have that a whole lot where we had other families that were going through something, similar and I, I guess in a way we are sort of pulling ourselves back from uh, maybe some families where they've lost a child already where we didn't we weren't expecting that with Ben we were hoping for a miracle and and that's what we were expecting but it's it's wild so to, to be there for other families like that is is huge Mike how are your how
2: are your two daughters doing you know sometimes maybe we forget about how challenging it can be for a sibling uh, especially when you're young and, you know, your oldest daughter, you know, a, a teenager. And, man, teenagers in the best of times, that's a tough age. And never mention when you have, you know, to lose your younger brother. How, how are they doing throughout all this?
3: They're doing all right. They have their tough times with it, too, obviously. Uh, teenage years are tough, as we all know. We've all gone through it. Um but different things that our oldest daughter Dylan's doing is, is pretty special where she'll bring some of the things with the foundation to the school and talk about Ben and try to help raise money with different events. The oh, school. nice. Pretty cool. um, we're a close family. We talk about them all the time. Yeah. Um, obviously. And then his younger sister, Emmy, um, she's five. She's in kindergarten this year. Um, she talks about him all day, every day, just about what he would like or different things we used to do and jokes and stuff like that where... A lot of people think she's too young, she wouldn't get it, but she gets it more than most people do. It's just Oh, pretty I,
2: cool. I couldn't imagine. Um, I used to do, uh, I did my show many years where we did it at the, at the stallery. And, um, you know, I met so many families who, who went through some things that, man, you wouldn't wish on your worst enemies. Very, very similar stories to, to the stelters and what you had to deal with in Ben. And there is one story this many years later still stuck out to me how, um, the, it was his, uh, Dan was his name and his, and his lovely wife was Carol. And Carol was the one telling me the story. And she talked about how for him, he just, uh, when, when their son was very sick and, and he'd been very sick really from birth, it, it, you know, it hadn't been great, but, uh, he lived till he was six. And the one thing that he had as a father son bonding moment was they used to sit on the couch and, and his son would lay on his chest and they would watch the game. Right. Half the time his his son would be sleeping, but it was just that comfort. Any parent, when you have your child sleep on your chest, it's his thing. And then she talked about how she could never really, he couldn't enjoy the games anymore. He didn't like watching them. Is it hard for you because the orders were such a part of connection with Ben or does being around the orders remind you of Ben? How does it work for you?
3: Reminds us of Ben. Um, it was tough going
0: back.
3: Back to Roger's place the first time without him last year, obviously. Um, but we know Ben would be mad if we weren't around them. He loved the Oilers a ton, obviously. And uh, I think the other big thing that helps it be almost comforting in a way is realizing everything they did for Ben. It wasn't for show. It wasn't anything like that. Um, these guys were his buddies, his friends. And just the way some people will come up to us and talk to us about Ben or what they miss about Ben or just make us feel like family still has been Really nice um, where it would crush you as a parent if you ever thought something was just for show or anything like that. So they've been so good to us and that's that's made it easier and easier to be around.
2: Mike Stelter uh, joins us, of course. Um, father of Ben Stelter. They have the uh, the Ben Stelter Foundation. Uh, next Tuesday is a big game uh, for the Orders on the Ice, but uh, just as big of a game off the ice as it's Hockey Fights Cancer Night. Uh, the 50-50 is all going towards the Ben Stelter Foundation. Mike had outlined. They have so many cool things to do. Something just as simple as creating experiences for young kids. And uh, Mike talked about the one great example. A girl just spent a week uh, I'm here at West Edmonton Mall at the Fantasyland Hotel. God, I'm an adult I like in those theme rooms, man. Uh, that could be... Uh, Loads of fun. And and you and Leah, you guys really are um you're involved heavily in a lot of the decision making, Mike. How do you find the time? You just went through nine weeks of cancer treatment yourself. How do you find the time to do all this?
3: I, I don't know. It's it feels like a lot going on right now, just with everything processing still going, everything and dealing with the loss of Ben, um going through our own treatment and everything like that. Um luckily everything's been able to be done remotely. And then we've had so much help from uh, Ashif Mauji and the Mauji family. Uh, They've been huge with uh, setting up the the Ben Stelter Foundation as well. Um, And he's been a a huge pillar to lean on, uh, where he's been taking on a lot of the load uh, to help with everything as well. Uh, But just his knowledge and expertise with setting up a foundation has been really, really good for us.
2: Uh, We got a lot of texters wondering, um, do you have any insight on uh, what can change to get the orders back on track?
3: They said they're just waiting for me to get back home and then they're going to start putting the wins together. So
2: hopefully that happens. Yeah. Now, hey, man, that would be unbelievable. Uh, Oiter fans, uh, hey, they, they love the stelter family enough. That would, uh, that would take it to a whole new level. If, uh, if the wins will come, uh, when you return, you mentioned, uh, you're flying home. So, uh, they'll, of course, be home on Sunday, uh, for the Anaheim Ducks and then, uh, Vegas on Tuesday. And then they're in Winnipeg and then they're, they're home like, I think until like December 15th. Or something like that. Um, but as, what have you learned, like in the foundation, as you know where their money is, you said it's great now to, to kind of spend it. So to know where it goes. Is there like a board or is it just you and like who's helping out? Who, who helps make the decisions? And I know you mentioned people can go to the Ben Stelter, uh, BenStelterFoundation.com. That's the website for any of our listeners out there who know a family, uh, who are dealing with a child, uh, with cancer and, and are looking for, for some financial aid for certain equipment or maybe just an experience. But h- how do you kind of decide on on who gets to make the decisions on, on that is a board or is it, is it the how does that work?
3: No, a, a lot of the times we've been trying to get everything set up, get a, our charitable status approved through the CRA. Okay. Uh, which is quite the process. Oh God, tell me about it. That <laughs> we are approved now, okay, uh, which is awesome. Uh, we are working on setting up our board um, as well. So it's not just Lee and I, uh, we have a few people on the board already and we're still expanding. Um, but we have people from different lawyers within the city um, and also um, a doctor within the stallery as well, um, is someone that's sitting on the board. So we get different angles looking at things. Um, like you said before, you think that Lee and myself have a good perspective on where families could use the help, and I, I agree with that. Um, but it's nice to get different perspectives from outside as well, um, from someone such as a doctor at the hospital, um, who's also dealing with these families on a regular basis, or could direct us a little bit more in the research direction is is huge too. So we're We're building out big and in the proper way, um, which is good.
2: When you look long term, where would you like the Ben Stelter Foundation to be in five years?
3: In five years? um, We'd like it to be national uh, across Canada as well, where there's a lot of kids and a lot of families that need help. It doesn't necessarily have to be just in Edmonton or we're helping families throughout Alberta as well right now. um, But to continue to grow out that way, Um, we have an envision that we'd love it and be honored if it could ever be anywhere like the terry fox foundation where that one is obviously massive but it's something that's spread across throughout canada uh, where they're making a difference in a big way and we want to make a difference in a big way uh to all canadians as well
2: that was mike stelter of course uh, father of ben stelter and uh very inspiring Uh, great to have him on the show great to hear that uh he rang the bell yesterday that was amazing timing uh, for this interview, it wasn't the plan, but uh, utterly amazing for him. So uh, that's fantastic. Uh, thanks to uh, Connor Halley, lining that up, and uh, all of our guests today. If you missed any of them, go to jasongreger.com. The individual interviews are there. All the podcasts available on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Have yourself a great night. Try to enjoy the order game. And uh, we'll break that down and more. We'll be live at the brew house, the ice house, tomorrow. Come see us on Thanksgiving Day, Thursday. A triple header of football games. We'll have uh, some stuff. I'll buy you beer. So uh, stop in and say hi here. Let's get to the Con Man of Sports 1440 update. Brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling Home. The no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. It's legacyheating.ca. Good night.
3: only from rustolium